6, and I want us to look at verse 12 of, from the book of Psalms. Now, read this with me. Ready, read. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou brought us into a wealthy place. He brought us out where? Into a wealthy place. And so that's what we're talking about is your wealthy place in God. You may be seated. Last Sunday as I was in the foyer and as I was looking around and talking to various people, uh, a lady that had been a part of our church for many years said, Wow, God has done so much in my life. I had been through hell. I've been through fire. I've been through a lot of things, and she had, because I know her personally, and I know some of the history and some of the tests and trials that her family went through. But with a smile on her face, she says, he's brought me out. He's brought me out. He's brought me out into a wealthy place. You know, that's, that's awesome. That's so good. You know, the Bible never promises that we'll never go through some things. But it does promise us that when we're in the valley of the shadow of death and we're going through it, we don't have to be afraid because He's with us. I am so thankful that God has brought us out of so much. But He's bringing you in to so much more. He's bringing you in to your wealthy place. Hallelujah. So this morning, I do have a word from the Lord for you. And I believe that by the time that this message is delivered, you will have been instructed, you will have been inspired, and you will leave this place ready to apply what you have heard. And really, that's the greatest thing that can be accomplished in a service like this, is people with open hearts saying, yes, Lord, to his word. And saying, yes, Lord, I will do what I have heard. So by way of review, just for a few moments, this wealthy place, according to other translations, is a place of abundance. It's a place of plenty. It's a place of rich fulfillment. It is a fruitful place. It is, according to the Amplified, a broad, moist place of abundance and refreshment. If you were to look at the Hebrew word for the word wealth, it literally means this, a place of overflow, a place of saturation. You are in a wealthy place when you are being saturated with the presence of God every day of your life. We discussed last week that it is God's will for you to prosper and it is God's will for you to increase. And not just in the area of money, but in every area. This wealthy place is a place of increase. This wealthy place is a place of overflow. And we looked at several scriptures last week with the word increase in it. For example, God spoke to Job and he said, Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end is going to greatly increase. And we also found out that when we wait upon the Lord, the Lord will increase our strength. You being strong in Him for your journey in life and you drawing from His infinite boundless might 
is being in a wealthy place. We need strength, how many of you know, to face every day of our life. And then we discovered that we can increase in the knowledge of God. And as we increase in the knowledge of God, some things begin to multiply in our lives. And we discover that grace and peace can be multiplied or increased in our lives through the knowledge of God. You are in a wealthy place when the grace of God is sustaining you in your life. You are in a wealthy place when you're functioning and operating in the peace of God that passes understanding. This world in which we live is falling apart. This world in which we live is very unstable. But thank God when you receive Jesus Christ, you receive the Prince of Peace. And He puts stability and He puts tranquility and He puts His peace into your life. That, my friend, is being in a wealthy place. And we also discovered that the years of your life can be increased as you operate in the fear of the Lord, as you do your very best to please God, not out of works, but out of love for Him, as you fear Him and reverence Him and walk softly before Him, He will even increase the years of your life and make you fruitful even in your old ages. Amen. Now, I want to encourage you as your pastor to begin to develop a mindset for increase. Develop a mindset for being in this wealthy place. The Bible says that we're not to be conformed to this world. But we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are to experience changes in our lives when we look into the perfect law of liberty and we see who we are and what we have and where we are and what we can do in Christ Jesus. You see, before we were born again, we thought wrong. We talked wrong. We walked wrong. And once you get born again, you can learn a new way of walking, a new way of talking, a new way of thinking, a new way of living. Oh, what a life it is. That's being in a wealthy place, not bogged down by the cares of this life. Not out there poor mouth and thinking wrong and speaking wrong and living wrong. But by the renewal of your mind, you can be transformed. Amen. In Psalms 115 verses 12 through 14, it says, The Lord has been mindful of us. Did you know that you are on His mind? You know, I love to be on the mind of my close friends. Sometimes I'll get a call from a close friend and they'll just tell me, I'm just thinking about you. I just want to see how you're doing. That blesses me. And I know it blesses you when you hear from your friends. But did you know that you are on the mind of the Lord 24 hours a day and seven days a week? He is mindful of you. He blesses us. He blesses the house of Israel. He blesses the house of Aaron. The Bible says that He blesses them that fear Him, both small and great. The Lord, now notice this, the Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children. Now that's shouting ground right there. We serve a God not of decrease. The devil's the God of decrease. We serve a God of increase. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I've come that you might have increase, that you might have life and have it abundantly. Amen. 
Now, I realize that for some of you, this is watering seeds that have been planted in you throughout the years. For others of you, this is a planting time. But at the end of the day, we just all want to rejoice that it is our God that is going to give us the increase. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's increasing you more and more. And so the word increase means to become greater, to become or make greater amount, intensity or degree. Now, I want to give you a scripture to add to your confession package this morning. Is that all right? I want you to look at Psalms 105 and notice with me in verse 24. The 105th Psalm in verse 24. And he increased, and you put your name in there, and he increased Mark greatly. And he made Mark stronger than his enemies. Hallelujah. Say it with me. He increases me greatly. And he makes me stronger than enemy that may, any enemy that may come against me. Because say it like this, because stronger is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. And Pastor Tom increased greatly. And Pastor Nancy increased greatly. And Valentina increased greatly. And Charles increased greatly. Hallelujah. And Raphael increased greatly. And whatever your name is, I prophesy that you can increase greatly and you can be stronger than any enemy that comes against you. Hallelujah. In Psalm 35, 27, it says, He takes great pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. The word prosperity literally means welfare. God takes great pleasure in the happiness, the health, and the fortunes of His people. And so I encourage you to make room, now listen, in your soul for increase. It's got to happen down here first before it can happen out here. And that's why John said it like this, Beloved, I pray or I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your what? Your soul is your mind. That again is talking about mind renewal. The development of your soul by getting the word into your heart and speaking it out of your mouth and acting as if it were true will develop you and will put you in a possession to even go stronger into your wealthy place. Now, the Lord's had to work with me, I'll be honest with you, over the years. Because sometimes we can get so narrow-minded and narrow in our thinking. Has anybody ever experienced that before? And uh, sometimes we can become constricted on the inside of us. But I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying to all of us today, it's time for you to open up. Because I desire to enlarge your heart. I desire to enlarge your borders. I desire to bring you even into a more fruitful life than you're experiencing right now. Now notice with me in 2 Corinthians 6, and we're going to read this together from the message translation. And then I want to share with you what I believe the Lord gave me yesterday for you specifically. This is by introduction. Ready, read. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, what kind of life? 
How many of you like tight places? No. I, don't, I, I, I don't like tight jets, you know. We flew home from Barcelona like this. We were tight and then my back was tight for a week. No, we like open places naturally. We like open places spiritually. Amen? Read verse 12 now. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Now notice the next verse. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly. Live what? Now look at me and everyone pray this right now. Say this, Heavenly Father. I open up my heart. Enlarge me, Lord. Give me a greater vision. What I do not see, help me to see. What I haven't seized, help me to seize. I receive an expansion, an increase in Jesus' name. Do you believe it? Well, then give the Lord a big shout. Hallelujah. Now, here it is. That's all by way of introduction. Now, here's the word that I believe the Lord gave me specifically for you. And that is this. That our wealthy place, your wealthy place, is found only in Him. This wealthy place is not found in people. It's not found in places. Or it is not found in things. It is only in Him and through Him that we can enter in to this fruitful place. It is a place, as I said, of peace. It is a place of wisdom, of joy, and of strength. Now, don't misunderstand me. When you have your priorities right, there'll be plenty of things. There'll be plenty of places for you to go. And there'll be plenty of people that you'll connect with that God will bring across your path. But we must make sure that our eyes are not on those things, but that our eyes are on Him and Him only. For you do know that it is in Him that we live. It is in Him that we move. And it's in Him that we have our being. All of my springs, all of our lives are in Him. I want to look at some scriptures today. Job chapter 22, if you would go there. And uh, let's begin there in the book of Job. And notice with me in verse 21. He says, acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will. And what will happen? You'll be at peace. And by that, you will prosper. And great good shall come to you as you get acquainted with him. He says, now receive, I pray, the word and instruction from my mouth and lay out my words in your heart. If you've gotten away from me, the Lord says, return to me and submit and humble yourself before me. And you will be built up and I will put away all unrighteousness from your life and from your tent. Verse 24, he says, now If you will lay gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brook, considering them of little worth. In other words, 
If you will not be going after gold, if you will not be going after silver, if you will prioritize your life according to my priorities, something, as Oral Roberts said, good is going to happen to you. Amen? And now notice verse 25. He says, and make the Almighty your gold, and make the Lord your precious silver treasure. Jesus, you're my gold. Jesus, you're my treasure. Then he says, you will delight in the Almighty and you will lift up your face to God and you'll make your prayer known to Him and He will hear you and you will pay your vows. When you really make Jesus your gold and Jesus your treasure, If you return to Him with all of your heart and you will get acquainted with Him, then you will be able to stand up and decide and decree a thing. And it will be established to you. And not only that, the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. My dear brothers and sisters, that's being in a wealthy place. You've been able to speak the Word of God And know that God is in those words. And it's not just coming out of your head. But it's coming out of a pure heart. The favor of God will shine upon your ways. The Lord will do great things. He will turn things around. He will do what He said He'd do in His Word. Hallelujah! Verse 29. When they make you low, you will say, Ha, there's a lifting up. And the humble person, he lifts up and he saves. You cannot keep a man or woman of God down who's made Jesus their gold and their silver. You can't keep a good man down because he is the glory and he is the lifter up of your head and of your life. Now let's track this through just a little bit more. Y'all still here? Look at Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs, the second chapter. And we're going to see this theme woven throughout Scripture. Proverbs chapter 2, and I believe it starts in verse 1. He says, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to skillful and godly wisdom, inclining and directing your heart, admitted to understanding, applying all your powers to the quest for it, Yes, if you cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Lord, you're my gold. You're my silver. I cry out to you for what I need. He says, if you will seek wisdom as for silver and search for skillful and godly wisdom as for hidden treasures. Now listen, is not Jesus the word of God? Is not he made unto us wisdom? Did you know that the wisdom of God is wrapped up in the Word of God? And so if you will do these things, read verse 5. He says, Then you will understand the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord. Come on, somebody. And what will you find? You will find the knowledge of our omniscient God. For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it up for the righteous. 
those who are in upright and in right standing with him. He's your shield when you walk uprightly and when you walk in integrity. Oh, Jesus. You see, having him as your gold and silver means seeking him in every area of your life. And crying out to him and calling out to him. There's basically two ways that you can receive wisdom. How many have ever needed wisdom in a situation? Well, the Bible says you can ask for it. He says, ask for wisdom and wisdom will be given to you. If any of you lack it, if you're deficient in it, ask it. He'll give it to you. And then secondly, make a bold confession regularly. He is my wisdom. The wisdom of God is on the inside of me. It's like deep waters. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, I draw this wisdom out. Say it with me. Jesus Jesus has been made unto me me. wisdom. Wisdom. Now here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. When you really are a doer of this, you're just a happy camper. You're happy in life. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. Let me show you what I mean. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Happy is the man that finds wisdom. And the man that gets understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver. And the gain thereof than what kind of gold? Fine gold. How many of you know that gold in its purest form is very fine? I like to watch Gold Rush. And these guys go and they look for gold and they dig gold out of the earth. And then they take it to the smelter and he takes away all the contaminants. And all they've got left is fine and pure gold. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is more pure than the finest, purest gold that you'll ever find in this earth. As a matter of fact, he's the author and the creator of it. So I'd rather be hooked to him than hooked to the pursuit of money. Because if I'll pursue him, it won't be long before gold is pursuing me. Come on, somebody. Amen. He said, if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God and obey his commandments. He said, all these blessings, they're going to come upon you and they're going to overtake you. In other words, you won't have to run after the blessing. The blessing will run after you. But you've got to have your priorities right. And so in verse 15, he says, She's more precious than rubies, and all the things that you can desire not to be compared unto her. Listen to this. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. When he's your gold, when he's your silver, look, length of days, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peaceful. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. You see, you might be getting inspired and informed by today's message, but it will do you much, much good if you'll get the CD and listen to it again and again and again and get it in your notes and begin to be a doer of it. Amen. Retain it. Verse 13, read it with me. Happy, blessed, fortunate, enviable is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom, and the man who gets understanding, drawing it forth from God's word, 
and life's experience. So you draw it forth. You mine. You seek. You look. You dig. Amen? Now notice. For the gaining of it is better than the gaining of silver. And the profit of it is better than fine gold. Skillful and godly wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing you can wish for can be compared to it. There's nothing that compares with Him. There's nothing that can compare with you going home tonight, putting your head on the pillow, and knowing that if the rapture happens or if something happens, you know everything's going to be all right. There's, listen, there's nothing better. There's no one better than Jesus. You know those guys sitting around the campfire drinking their beers, looking at each other, says it don't get any better than this? Oh, yeah. It gets much better than that. Because what we've got is not of this world. Who we've got came from another world, shed his blood, rose from the dead, sent his spirit, and by his spirit... He makes our world a livable place. He makes your world a place of comfort. Even in the midst of hellish situations. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's your gold. He's your silver. He's your God. He's, oh, I can't help it. He's for you. He's on your side. And no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I wish I had a little help in the house today. I need a little help up in here. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Nothing can compare to Him. Nothing. 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 Nothing can compare to Him. The nicest most palatial homes in the world, the most wonderful yachts in the world, the best food in the world, cannot even compare to Him. It's not even a drop in the bucket to Him. He's my gold. He's my God. He's my silver. He's your healer. He's your baptizer in the Holy Ghost and power and fire. And so verse 17 says, Her ways are highways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those that lay hold on her, and blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is everyone who will hold fast to Him. I want you to listen intently for the next few moments as we get ready to close this message. I want you to look at basically two scriptures and I want us to think about them and meditate upon them before we go home today. Look at Second Corinthians, or Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. Ephesians 3 verse 8. And by the way, if I forget to receive the offering, don't let me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians, the third chapter, the eighth verse. Now, of course, 
the Apostle Paul had a call to the Gentiles, and his calling was so strong that everywhere he went, the enemy would rise up against him, trying to stop the revelation that he had for the church. Revelations like, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Insight like, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Insight like, you know, amidst all of these things that I'm going through, I'm still more than a conqueror because he loves me. And neither in depth, nor height, nor whatever may be coming against me will ever be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul was a carrier of supernatural revelation. And so then as a result, the enemy came against him. And in Rome, when he wrote many of his epistles and letters to the churches, he was in prison. We went to the prison where he was. It was a dark, dingy place. But even though Paul was in prison, the prison never got in him. Paul stayed in fellowship with God in the midst of dire circumstances. He was the one who said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. He was the one who wrote to the church at Philippi and said rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Amen. And so this letter to the, book of, to the church at Ephesus... He's writing in the first three chapters about the wealth of Christ, the unsearchable riches of Christ. From chapter 4 through chapter 6, verse 9, he's talking about the walk of the believer. The wealth, the walk. And then from verse 10 of chapter 6 to the end of the chapter, he's talking about the warfare of the believer. But notice with me in verse 8, he's talking about the wealth of the believer. Say it with me. My God is bringing me in. To a wealthy place. Now notice this. He says this. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, this favor, and this privilege was granted and it was graciously entrusted to me. And here it is. To proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, the boundless, the fathomless, the incalculable and exhaustless Riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out. Now notice this. Let's keep this up here for a moment. This is blood covenant talk. Paul's a covenant man, and he understands blood covenant. And what he's saying, I want you, church at Ephesus, to get an understanding and a revelation, and read it with me, the unending... Come on, guys. The unending, the boundless, the fathomless, the incalculable, the exhaustless riches of Christ. Blood covenant says this. I have given you my life. I have poured my blood out for you. All that I have is yours. All that I am is yours. You are mine. I am yours. And what Jesus is saying to us today that we have absolute access into the incalculable and exhaustless riches of Christ. My dear friends, that's a wealthy place. Now, with that thought in mind, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. 
Say it with me. He is my gold. He is my silver. Now notice this in, in verse 9. He says, For you are becoming progressively acquainted with, and you're recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know you don't get it all in one day? There is the law of progression. There is the law of spiritual growth. We are born into the kingdom as babies. We stay there for a while. Hopefully we grow. Amen. Into the childhood stage. And then into the spiritual adult mature stage. Amen. You don't want to stay a baby your whole life spiritually. You want to grow in him. And there is a progression that takes place. He says, we're becoming more acquainted with and more strongly and clearly this grace. And then he talks about a portion of the grace that he has extended so graciously to us through blood covenant. Notice, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing in that he was so very rich. Now stop right there. Before he came, was he wealthy? Was he rich? Did he, in fact, have unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches? He was rich. Rich. Doesn't mention money here. You get a revelation of this. Money will not just be a byproduct of your life. But he says, he was so very rich. Now notice. Yet for your sake, he became so very poor. Wow. He became so very poor. That by his poverty, you might have the unending the boundless, the fathomless, the incalculable, the exhaustless riches of Christ and that you might be abundantly enriched and completely supplied. That, my friends, is what belongs to you. You don't have to work for it. You do not have to work for it. It is by grace through faith. This which Christ did for all of us belongs to each and every person in this auditorium. But the only prerequisite is this, is that you have an open heart. That you just say, yes, Lord, I don't see it. I may not understand it. Give me revelation of it. But I'm open, Lord. And then you have a mixer in your heart. And that mixer is faith. And so the entrance of his word giveth light. It gives understanding unto the simple, which all of us probably qualify for. And as the entrance of his word gives light, and we keep our heart open, and we mix faith with it, and we receive it, and we say, yes, Lord, that's mine. And then we begin to verbalize by the grace of God. I have the unfathomable, the inexhaustible, the incalculable riches and the unending wealth of Jesus. 
Oh, my, my, my. But it's not about seeking things. It's about seeking Him. I really think this. That if we all just sold out to Him, there's a lot of things that would take care of themselves. If we just really, really had our hearts in the right place. If we were really purely seeking Him as gold and as silver and reverencing Him and living for Him and doing everything that He's called us to do, I believe this, that all these things would be added to you. The problem is, is we've tried to add to ourselves. That's where a lot of people have gotten in trouble with credit cards. They feel as though I must have a certain status quo to be a believer. I must have this and have that. Listen, when he's your gold and he's your silver, that's all you need. Hallelujah. And he's going to take care of the rest if you'll simply trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Now, I know that there's such a thing as millionaires, right? Don't raise your hands, but we probably got some millionaires in the house. I know there's such a thing as billionaires. We probably don't have any billionaires here, but by faith. Now, what comes after billion? Trillion. Are there any trillionaires alive today? Who is the guy from Microsoft? Bill Gates. You suppose Bill Gates is a billionaire? Okay. And so, a person, leaving Bill Gates out of it because he does a lot of charitable works, but a person that is a multi, multi multi-billionaire, got a house in every state, in every country, a yacht in every lake, in every ocean. At the snap of a finger, anything he wants is there materially and physically. But friend, if he's not born again... And everything he has, it can't compare. Come on. It, 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 it can't compare to what you have. It can't compare. It can't, even, it can't even come near. It's not even like a drop in the ocean. To the unending, the incalculable, the exhaustless riches of Christ that you have on the inside. I'm looking at a wealthy people. I don't care if you don't have a dime in your pocket. You're rich in Him. You're rich. Don't you let this world squeeze you into their mold. This world will squeeze you and spit you out. But rather... Go to the potter's wheel and let him mold your life and let him be in you what he wants to be. Let him be your gold. Let him be your silver. Seek him all week long. You don't have to have a Ph.D. You don't have to go to Bible school. You don't even have to have a high IQ. Jesus loves you. He's in you. 
He's the hope of glory. We could have a man or a woman come to this altar today with no shoes, very poor grooming skills, been living in their car, living on the streets for years. But when they cross the line of commitment and make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, they're richer than the richest person in this natural world. Because once they're saved, they tap in to the unending, the exhaustless, the incalculable riches of Christ that come through blood covenant. So stop striving to get into your wealthy place and by faith just enter in and say, by the grace of God, I enter in. By faith, through grace, I receive the fullness of the blessing and the fullness of the riches of Christ. Did you get anything out of that today? That's what I had in my heart for you. Let's just put our hand over our heart and say it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I have received it. Now I mix faith with it. I declare that by grace, through faith, I enter in to a wealthy place, a fruitful place, a broad place. A place of refreshing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak blessing over these people. I speak refreshing over them from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. In the name of Jesus. Let's give it up for the Lord. Let's give Him praise.